0: Hey everybody, welcome to this month's episode of Ankle Surgery Update, Science Guiding Treatment. This time we decided to present two papers on more fancy surgical procedures in foot and ankle surgery. The first paper is entitled Femoral Head Allografts for Tailor Body Defects by Kuzi et al, published in Full and Ankle International. The second paper is entitled 3D Printed Total Taylor's Replacement for avascular necrosis of the talus by Kadakia et al., again published in Foot & Ankle International. As always, you can find this podcast on all common platforms and feel free to join us at Fus-Bru LMU. But let's first have a look at our first paper on femoral head allografts for Taylor body defects.
1: Large defects of the ankle joint following, for example, total ankle arthropasty or avascular necrosis of the talus present a difficult situation if a tibiocalcaneal fusion is carried out in these situations it will result in a significant limb shortening whenever there is sufficient bone stock of the talus left tibio-tailored arthrodesis can be performed using a remnant of the talus in combination with a bulk allograft and internal fixation in case there is an insufficient bone stock left New techniques for reconstructing these large tailor defects have been developed, such as three-dimensional printed metal cages filled with cancellous bone or total Taylor's replacement using individualized metal implants. But these techniques are complex and highly elaborate. We will hear more about them later. Another option, which has been around much longer, is the implantation of ephemeral head allografts. This technique is less elaborate and less complex. It can be carried out using either a transfibular or anterior ankle approach. Yet, previous studies have reported high non rates with fusion rates as low as 46%. The aim of the study presented today was to report the results of patients undergoing ankle arthrodesis or tibiotalar calcaneal or TTC fusion using femoral head allografts. Therefore, the authors retrospectively included all tibiotalar and tibiotalar-calcaneal fusions using ephemeral head allograft between February 2006 and January 2019. All of these patients experienced failure of primary or revision total ankle arthroplasty or an avascular necrosis of the talus. Patient's medical and ankle surgical history was documented. Pre- and postoperatively, the Veterans RAND Health Survey, VR12, Foot and Ankle Ability Measure, FAAM, Ankle Osteoarthritis Scale, AOS, and Visual Analog Scale, VAS, for pain scores were obtained. Furthermore, a patient satisfaction survey was assessed postoperatively. The tibiotalar fusion was carried out using an anterior approach with excision of the implant and or the avascular collapsed or collapsed tail or body with a femoral head graft placed in the defect that was prepared by using a flat cut on the tibial and tailar sides of the fusion. An anterior fusion plate was used to stabilize the construct. All TTC fusions were performed using a lateral transfibular approach an acetabular rema was used to prepare the fusion site for the size-matched femoral head. Either a lateral plate or TTC nail was used for fixation. Additionally, bone slurry from the femoral head reamings was used to fill the small gaps in the recipient site. Then the size-matched femoral head allograft was placed in the defect. Internal fixation was performed with a plate or intramedullary nail. In all procedures, the femoral head allograft was supplemented by a bridge graft composed of cancerless autograft. In 13 of the 15 tibiotalar fusions and in 24 of the 30 TTC fusions, BMP2 was additionally applied. Postoperatively, the patients were splinted non-weight-bearing for two weeks and then casted for four weeks, allowing toe-touch weight-bearing. At six weeks, The patient was allowed partial weight bearing in a boot. Full weight bearing in the boot was allowed at three months if more than 50% of the graft had spot welded to the native bone and if the bridge graft was maturing. Radiographic evaluation of the fusion was determined by either plain radiographs or CT scans at three or six months following surgery. For those patients who had less than one year of follow-up, all had confirmation of the union by CT scan. A total of 15 tibiotalar and 13 tibiotalar calcaneal fusions using ephemeral head allograft in 44 patients could be included. The mean follow-up was 43 months, ranging from 6 months to 13 years, and the mean age was 64 years, ranging from 47 to 84 years. 58% of all patients were male. 91% were non-diabetic and 68% were non-smokers. Pre- to post-operatively, the VR12 mental score was essentially unchanged from 52 to 52, and the physical score improved from 29 to 32. All other scores assessed improved significantly. The FAAM activities of daily life score improved from 45 to 58, the FAAM sports score from 15 to 34, the AOS pain score from 59 to 32, and the AOS disability score improved from 68 to 50. The mean VAS score improved from 66 to 31 at the last follow-up. The overall median satisfaction rate was 79 out of a 100 point scale. At an average of 19 weeks, in 91% of the ankles, more than 50% of the surface area had healed. Five patients went to non unions, all in TTC fusion attempts. Of those, three had an anterior plate as their primary procedure, while two had an intramedullary nail. None of those had BMP2 as a secondary additive. All healed following revision surgery. The tibiotalar fusion rate was 100%, while the TTC fusion rate was 83%. There was no significant difference in union rates or postoperative complications between plate fixation and intramedullary nail in the TTC cohort. There was one patient who had a below-the-knee amputation. It followed after a successful TTC fusion, but the patient had ongoing pain and disability Due to severe midfoot degenerative joint disease. He elected to have an amputation over an extension of the fusions to the entire midfoot. The authors concluded that the use of ephemeral head allograft to treat large tailor defects in ankle fusion or TTC fusion provided a viable treatment option in treating this difficult problem. In this complex patient population, the fusion rate with incorporation of the graft without collapse was high and the patient outcomes significantly improved.
0: Hey Hans, this is an impressive study due to the large number of patients enrolled, the long follow-up, and the thorough assessment of PROMs. To my knowledge, 45 anchors represent one of the largest, if not the largest cohort of patients treated by implantation of a femoral head allograft. Furthermore, the authors assessed all prompts pre and post operatively. This data is up to date, unfortunately, still very rare available. Therefore, the study really adds to the current knowledge in understanding the effect of this type of surgery. Furthermore, only two patients were excluded due to a different medical condition, namely a charcoal Arth- arthropathy. An exclusion rate of 2 out of 45 patients is really remarkable and something we can only dream about. What is astonishing, though, is that the authors were able to collect 100% of the data from all the remaining patients. In many retrospective studies, the rate of patient loss to follow-up exceeds 50%. Therefore, a rate of 0% is somewhat peculiar. Further data, which I would have been interested in, is did this procedure result in a shortening of the leg? This is something the patient regularly asks about, and we cannot really answer yet. Furthermore, unfortunately, no other measurements regarding the hindfoot alignment were presented, like valgus varus and calcaneal inclination, or others. What I really liked was the operative technique. The authors used an entire spherical femoral head. They prepared the head and the reception side using a hip reamer in a cup and cone fashion and then introduced the ball-shaped femoral head. This really allows for adjusting the hind foot. Unfortunately, we in Germany only get the femoral head cut in half. Therefore, we are not able to use this technique, but have to establish the reception side and the femoral head individually. Finally. The author stressed the fact that none of the patients suffering in union received BMP2 as an additive. I believe that the study was not designed to evaluate the effect of an osteogenetic agent and therefore does not elucidate this question.
1: We both also frequently use femoral head allografts in these kinds of situations. In our hands, fingers crossed, it has worked very well so far, and all of our patients were able to progress to union, all sometimes following a prolonged healing course, sometimes using shockwave therapy, etc. Nevertheless, we were both surprised reading about the low union rates frequently reported until now. Therefore, we feel affirmed by the promising results reported in this study. Comparable to the authors, we always utilize autologous bone graft, which we harvest from the proximal tibia. So far, we have never used an osteogenic agent and do not feel that they are needed.
0: Maybe even more fancy alternative to femoral head allografts is 3D printed total talus replacement. For the past decade, only single case reports have been published. Therefore, I'm excited to briefly outline a recently published larger case series by Kadaki et al., they retrospectively identified 32 cases who had received an isolated total talus replacement over a period of 3 years with a minimum follow-up of 1 year. All patients suffered from advanced avascular necrosis of the talus with collapse of the talar corpus. Patients who underwent concomitant tibial component placement or adjacent joint arthrodesis were excluded. Data collected included general demographics medical history and complications. The outcome was assessed using the self-rated foot and ankle outcome score FAOS, the pain score (VAS), and range of motion. Out of the 27 patients included, range of motion data were available for 18 patients and the FAOS for 15. Although this does shrink the actual sample size, I'm still excited. The mean follow-up was 22 months ranging from 12 to 43 months. The patient's age was 44 years, 78% were female, and the average BMI was 30. All patients received custom-made total talus imprints from additive orthopedics. These were generated from CT scans of the ipsilateral limb. Implants prior to 2019 were made of cobalt chrome, thereafter of cobalt chromium with titanium nitrate coating. Only two patients received the latter. They used an anterior approach between the EHL and tip end. All soft tissues were peeled off the talus, including the superficial datoid ligament and ATFL. Osteotomies were performed to remove the talus. Custom-made trial implants were then inserted to judge proper fitting. The final total talus was available in three sizes. In the vast majority of cases, the exact size implant matched to the contralateral side, was used. Following implantation of the final total talus, the wound was closed. The leg was immobilized and the patient conducted non-weight bearing for two weeks. Starting at week three, they were allowed to bear weight and by week six, the boot was removed. At final follow-up, i.e. on average 22 months, the vase has improved from seven to four points and the FAOS pain subscale from 48 to 78 points most other domains of the FAOS meaning symptoms activities of daily living and quality of life improved on average by 30 points no significant improvement was found for the FOS sports score pre and final follow-up range of motion did not differ significantly and were on average 48 degrees three complications occurred these were one superficial perineal nerve neuronoma which necessitated surgical excision. The second one was an avascular necrosis of the distal tibia with conversion to an intramedullary combination tibial component with a revision total talus that matched the system. The third complication was a surgical site infection and secondary osteotomies for a persistent cavus deformity. Due to persistent pain, kind of similar to what a youth reported, and the patient finally elected to undergo below knee amputation.
1: Thank you very much, Sebastian, for this nice sum up of this study. On a first glance, the idea of a total tailor's replacement appears to be charming. But as the presented study highlighted, it does not restore full function of the ankle joint. Although this study was able to show a significant decrease in pain levels while preserving preoperative range of motion, patients are still impaired in their daily activities. None of the patients was able to return to sports. Still, with hindfoot fusion, which would be the other salvage procedure for these patients, there is a long recovery period, considerable complication rates, and also a suboptimal functional outcome. Advantages of the total talar replacement, in contrast to fusion, are the preservation of joint mobility, A relatively short period of restricted weight bearing, and the preservation of lymph length. Total tailors or tailor implants have evolved over the last decades. Twenty years ago, the first generation implants were compromised of tailor body prosthesis with a peg into the tailor neck and head. Second generation implants included a prosthetic tailor body without a peg and the currently used third-generation implants replace the talus in its entirety, and the development continues. One reason for early prosthesis failure was a size mismatch. It has been discussed that CT imaging might underestimate the real dimensions of the talus. One possible alternative would be additional MRI imaging and calculating a mean-sized prosthesis based on these two imaging modalities. Kadakia et al. had the luxury of three different sizes of total talus including trial implants. This enabled them to intraoperatively decide which size fits best, which obviously appears the most charming way of finding the correct size. Next, there is an ongoing development on the composition of the implants. Currently, Total talus are made of ceramic, cobalt chrome, stainless steel, or titanium. So there appears to be further room for improvement. Finally, the native tailors is not only stabilized due to its tight bony fit, but also by several ligaments. In the current study, all of the supporting ligaments were detached. In 2017, we actually conducted a feasibility study for an internally braced total ankle prosthesis. We included eyelets for the ATFL, deltoid ligament, and the interosseous talo calcanal ligament. Sadly, this study never advanced to an actual clinical case. The feasibility study was actually conducted for a 31-year-old female suffering from traumatic avascular necrosis and was handled through workers' compensation. In the German healthcare system, which is already pretty generous for the patients, workers' compensations insurance is even more deliberate. Despite these good omens, we had a lengthy discussion with the insurance company and they got further expert opinions. Following a lengthy process, the insurance company advised the patients to get a hindfoot fusion. Therefore, we are pretty excited to see more data advancing on total tailors replacement. This does not only increase the awareness for this procedure in general, but also provides further outcome data. Overall, we are in the need for more data. We need larger case series, which also include, and maybe compare, the outcome for different etiologies. The presented study focused on avascular necrosis of the talus with bony collapse. Other etiologies suitable for total talus replacement our traumatic dislocation and extrusion of the talus, PBS or tumor. Finally, we need cohort studies comparing total talus replacement to hindfoot fusion. This will allow to further identify the ideal patient cohort for either procedure.
0: Fun session on two fancy surgical procedures in foot and ankle surgery. Even though neither femoral head allografts nor total tailors result in what we would currently consider good surgical results, we might have to put advances into perspective. Previously, the only treatment options for these patients were tailectomy, tibiocalcaneal fusion, and pyrograph or below knee amputation. Looking at it from this side, femoral head allografts as well as total tailors must be considered a great advance for our patients. These results encourage to further push the limits of foot and ankle surgery.
1: Thank you all very much for listening to this session of Ankle Surgery Update Science Guiding Treatment. We hope you enjoyed this as much as we did, and we hope you all will tune in next time. As always, you can find us on almost all podcast platforms and feel free to follow us at FUSBREW and